Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a Monopoly game and a world-class jiu-jitsu fighter. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a while, and I got my black belt from a guy named Kayo Terra. Now, Kayo is about 130 pounds, uh, doesn't stand that tall, he's about 5'7", five, 5'6", five, and he's, he's a world champion, I think it's like 11 times over. And it's such a baffling thing, because jiu-jitsu is, is very much... Again, it's it's grappling. It's physical, 100% contact. You're not punching or kicking each other, but you're trying to choke each other or break arms or, or something like that. And obviously, the goal is not to to hurt the person you're training with or competing against, but you want them to to give up. That's like checkmate, right? They they just give up, and you win. And Kyo is is amazing at it. It's hard it's hard to express unless you've seen it. But one of one of the first tournaments I saw him compete in was American Nationals, and I was a lower belt. He was obviously a black belt, and he was about 23 at the time. And he went to American Nationals, and he won his division, his weight class, because you do weight classes similar to wrestling. But he also won the absolute weight class. Now, the absolute weight classes, if you get top three in your individual weight division, you can enter yourself into, into the absolute, which is all weight divisions. And one of his fights was against this, I think it was an ultra heavyweight. He was 250 pounds. And again, Kai was 130 pounds. And I watched Kyle dismantle this guy. The guy tried to take him down. Kyle like disappeared. The guy, he moved super fast. And he ended up arm barring this guy in, in like 60 seconds. I was like, how in the hell did that happen? Kyle's 130 pounds. This guy could sit on him and probably break his entire rib cage. But here was Kyle beating him. And I, I remember talking to friends about that and saying, like, God, man, to have that skill, like I would give anything. And as I got to know him more, I know him very well now, good friends, you have to realize it's not, it's not just the skill he has. The level, the level of his competitive nature is is astounding we would go bowling sometimes <laughs> look I like bowling and bowled in high school I got my own ball I got my own shoes and so I would beat Kyle he would be he wouldn't be just like minorly annoyed he'd be really mad which I always make fun of like Kyle it's bowling who cares like what are you doing who cares it's not even like we were bowling that well I just beat him and and you'd see him train with other world-class people world-class other world champions and and if he didn't win then he got really weird about it and it's still an easy trade you still say okay yeah fine he gets annoyed easily but it would still be awesome to be him and when i was when i was in college i rode for cal incredibly competitive and i carried that competitive edge with me for a long time and I was at a I was at a friend's house and I was about 26 
and they had younger daughters. And one of the daughters was, I believe, 12 at the time. And the other one was about, I think, 17. And I was friends with all of them. They're like my little sisters, and they're great. And after dinner, we ended up playing Monopoly. I love a good Monopoly game. And we got into this game, and the oldest daughter, Claire, was the bank. And her younger sister, Annie, again, I think she was 12 or something at the time, not not that stellar at Monopoly. And about halfway through the game, Claire starts slipping Annie some money. Now again, I'm 25, 26, and the 12-year-old is getting an extra 50 or $100 bill. Who cares? We're playing Monopoly, but the first time I saw Claire do it, I was like, hey, hey, what, what are you doing? She was like, just be cool, be cool. Claire always had my number. She was like, just calm down, Matthew. And I was like, oh. And then I started seeing her do it again and again. And I actually had to stop playing the game because it bothered me so much. And here I am, well over a decade after the experience. And it's making my skin crawl just thinking about it. Here this 12-year-old is getting extra money. And I, the 26-year-old grown man, was losing it. And if you could imagine the headspace that you'd have to be in to have that emotional response. If you could imagine the way that I felt and still feel and knowing that I was being silly. Okay, that's the other thing. It's not, it's not like it didn't occur to me that it's like, hey, we're playing Monopoly and the kid's 12. It's not, it's not like I didn't understand that. But it's that the competitive edge inside me could not let it go. And it kind of like ruined the evening for me. And I know how ludicrous that I remember this. How ridiculous must I have been acting? Fine. That's all fine. I don't disagree with any of that. Silly me. But if you can think about that, as a low-level example of what a real competitive edge is like, where you will steal money or be furious at a 12-year-old for getting an extra $50 in Monopoly. And again, I didn't cheat, but I really wanted to. That's what it's like to be Kyle. And I'm not saying he's petty or cheats in Monopoly, but what I am saying is the edge that he has with things, the drive to win, it's, it's, almost, it's almost unfathomable for most people, I think. I mean, how driven would you have to be? And I think Kyle is more driven than I am. I think he's more competitive than I am. How ridiculous would you have to be to get mad at somebody over Monopoly? Times that by like 10. Imagine having a just outing at bowling be ruined because you weren't the best bowler. 
Imagine all the aspects of your life being in an argument and losing the argument. Not, it doesn't even matter if you're right or wrong. The point is like you have to come out victorious. Imagine who you would have to be and what headspace you would have to be in and the emotional, you know, like gut-wrenching feeling that you get when somebody starts beating you in something. That's, that's the price you actually have to pay for being world-class. That's the price that Kyo pays to be as good as he is. That's what it takes. And when you, when you hear people, especially when I hear people say like, gosh, it would be great to be that good at something. And it could be anything. It could be basketball. It could be jujitsu. It could be chess. It's kind of like, I don't, I don't think you really think that. Because if you knew what it actually cost to be like that, you would at the very least say, I respect that person for living that life because that's really hard. And let me be really clear. It's really hard to keep it together when you're that competitive. It's really hard to not have your days ruined. It's really hard to not blow up and, and have odd relationships with people and have odd experiences where you look back and you wonder, why did I do that? And you just know you couldn't have helped it. So the next time you see somebody ferociously competitive, just perpetual winners, incredibly successful at the things they do, and you think to yourself, gosh, wouldn't it be so great to be that good? I think you should take a step back and realize that the cost that comes along with that success, the cost of being the type of person who can win and compete and just stop at nothing, the cost is really great. And for most people, success is nowhere near worth it for them to be that person. So the next time you see that, just think about that. Because I don't think it would be as great as you think. I'm Matt Todd, and this is The Engine That Drives Me. Go out and crush it.